0: I want to speak to you today on desiring expansion. Tell your neighbor, desire to expand. expand. Because if you don't desire it, you won't get it. I believe that desire is important. When it comes to God taking you to somewhere new. When it comes to taking new territories. When it comes to achieving new heights. Desire is important. So I want you to begin to desire today, even as I bring this word, to begin to desire to see expansion in your life. The dictionary defines expansion as the process of becoming greater in size, in number and in amount. The process of becoming greater in size. Who wants to become greater in size? God's not a small God. God is a big God. When he introduced himself to Abraham, he said, I am the almighty God. In actual fact, you can stop there and you can ask yourself the question, what does he mean by I am the almighty God? In actual fact, it means I am El Shaddai. That's exactly what he said to Abraham. When you read it in your English Bible, it says I am the almighty God. But in actual fact, in the Hebrew, it says I am El Shaddai. El Shaddai comes and introduces himself to you. And how many of you know that when El Shaddai comes into your life, you also become something that you've never been. Amen. Something new is introduced into your life when El Shaddai shows up. Amen. El Shaddai, my God, who is more than enough. Amen. My God is not enough. My God is more than enough. Amen. That's why he says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or all that you can think because our god is el shaddai our god is not el chippo our god is el shaddai our god is not small our god is big our god does not do small things our god does big 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 things And my God, I have some Africans here, and we sing the song that our God is big. Our God is mighty. Our God is wide. Our God is awesome. And I'm here to introduce to you that this God that has come to us and has brought us into a season of expansion is not a small God. He does big things because it's a big God, and it is time for you to experience the bigness of our God. Come on now, say, "I I believe it. I am El Shaddai. Your business is about to experience the grace of El Shaddai. Your finance is about to experience the grace of El Shaddai. Your job is about to experience the grace of El Shaddai. Your family is about to experience the grace of El Shaddai. Because when El Shaddai shows up, it's not going to be El Chipo anymore in your life. It's not going to be business as usual. El Shaddai steps in and he shows you how big, how great, how mighty he is and what he does. And what he does, no man can stand against. Can someone shout, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Desire expansion. Expansion is a process of becoming greater in size. You will become greater in size financially this, this season. It will happen. Greater in size, greater in number, greater in amount. I told you when I started, if you don't like increase, don't come here. But if you want to see increase, then you're welcome to sit under this anointing, and this anointing will cause you to expand. And this is not just going to be about what I say, but I tell you, there's going to be an impartation even as I speak along these lines. There's going to be an impartation of God's wisdom in your life. There's going to be an impartation of God's direction and purpose. There's going to be an impartation of God's guidance. You will know what to do to see this expansion come into your life. And you will become a participant of what God is doing in this season. I declare over you that this season will not pass you by. I declare over you that you are going to be a part of what God is doing. I declare over you that you will enjoy the goodness of God in this season. I declare over you that the word of God that's been spoken over us will not fly over your head, but it will go right into your spirit and it will bring about the goodness and the grace and the might of our God because the word of God will never return to him void, but it will accomplish the purpose why he has sent it and it will prosper in the thing that God pleases. And so I declare in the name of Jesus that this word that has gone forth, will happen in your life and will bring to thought, bring to pass fruit in your life and will bring things into manifestation in your life like you've never known. In this season, in this year, you shall experience what you've never experienced in the last five years, what you've never experienced in the last three years. My God, the last three years put together will not be able to compare to what God would do in this year in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but if that is you, then let your amen be the loudest! Yeah. In this place. Hallelujah! Praise God. Our focus as we deal with expansion is with regards to finance finance and material things. And notice how specific I am. I'm not about, I'm not up here to beat about the bush. No, I'm here to tell you that this is what the Lord said and God will keep his word and God will watch over his words and perform it. So I want you to open your heart and take notes because the seriousness you give to this season Will determine how it works for you. Let me say that again. The seriousness you give to this season. Will determine how it works for you. So God will do it first in you. And God will do it through you. That's why you've got to give attention to this. My son. Give attention to my word. Give attention to God's word. And you'll see how the word of God will bring you through. And will bring you even to places you never thought you would get to. Go with me to the book of 2 Kings in chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, and I'm going to show you some powerful nuggets. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we're going to read from verse 1. 2 Kings in chapter 6. 2 Kings is in the Old Testament. (laughs) In case you have no idea. It's after 1 Kings. (laughs) Have you found it? We have a culture in this place when we tell people to open their Bibles, they give a big shout of praise. You guys, you guys are forgetting the tradition. Close your Bibles. Open your Bibles. Some of you in the back, you're gonna catch up later because you, you haven't understood this yet. Close your Bibles. Now open your Bibles. You know, it's interesting, I stand up here and I look out in the congregation every time I do, and I tell people to do things, and I see some people don't do what I say. <laughs> you know, there are just some people, they wouldn't do nothing. They just sit there, if you say shout, they wouldn't shout. If you say don't shout, that's when they shout. <laughs> if, you <laughs> if you say lift your hand, they don't lift. If you say don't lift your hand, that they, they are just oddity, opposite. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see, the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Huh. That that alone, verse 1 alone will preach. Verse 1 alone will preach. We'll preach a very, very powerful message. The place where we dwell with you is too small. Everyone say, too small. small. Hmm. That's an understanding. Desiring to expand, you must first understand that where you are is small. Now, your small might be big for somebody else, but that does not erase the fact that it's too small when God is is concerned. Are you listening to me? Your small might be big For someone else. But when God is in the picture. Your big is too small. The place we dwell. Is too small for us. They realized that. They understood that. Very important. To understand. That there is nothing you have now. That is the last that God wants to do in your life. You haven't come to the place where you will sit back and say, it's enough. Because God is always willing to do more than what you have today. I just told you, he introduced himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. My God who is more than enough. What you have today is enough. But God wants to give you more than enough. Can someone say amen? Amen. Verse 2 says, let us go to the Jordan. And each of us get there a log. And let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, go. Go. Then one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water. And he cried out, alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, "Take it up." So each, so he reached out his hand and took it. Can someone say, "Praise God"? Praise God. There are things that I want you to see in these verses that we've read. The first thing. It's this guy's, the sons of the prophets realized that the place they were was too small. It was too small. They said it's too small for us. And what does that tell us? That tells us that for you to see expansion, you must break out of complacency. Complacency its your worst enemy. When it comes to seeing an expansion in your life, you must break out of complacency. Tell the two people break out, break out of complacency. Camping out, thinking you have achieved a lot, will stop you from expanding. Camping out and thinking to yourself, well, I've achieved a lot. I've done this. I've done that. I don't, I don't think there's anything more to do. That is complacency. I need you to understand that God wants to do more in your life. I want you to tell yourself, God wants to do more in my life. Turn on the AC, please. God wants to do more in my life. Say it like you mean it. God wants to do more in my life. No room for complacency. You must not get to the place where you think it's all done. It is over because it is not over. As long as you are still here on earth serving Almighty God, serving El Shaddai, there is so much more that God wants to do in your life and wants to do through your life. No room for complacency. That is your worst enemy when it comes to expansion. You haven't seen all that God has for you. My Bible says, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man, what God has in store for them that love him. Do you love God? Do you understand that there is so much that God has in store for you? My God, I don't know if there's anyone anyone here that believes that. I said, do you know that there is so much that God has in store for you? You have not arrived. You are still on a journey. And God is still about to do so much in and through your life. There are so many lives that must be touched. And those lives will be touched through you. Because if you allow God to do more in you, then God can do more through you. But if you limit yourself, the Bible talks about they limited the Holy One of Israel. I want to pray today that none of you will limit the Holy One of Israel. That you will let God be God in your life. And you will let God do the big things that God has in store for you. And you will let God come through you. Because when God does a thing, it is not small. It is big. God does things that shakes nations. God does things that shakes continents. And God wants to use you, even financially, to shake your city, to shake your village, to shake your nation, to shake your... I'm telling you, to shake nations of the world. God is going to raise up some people in this place, and there will be financial apostles. Oh, you didn't hear that. I said God is going to raise some people in this place. They will become financial apostles. Oh, people say, what, what's a financial apostle? Who's a financial apostle? He's one that travels the nations and distributes money. Yeah. God's going to raise somebody here as a financial apostle. Yeah. You, all you do is just travel to the nations and dispense money. Yeah. If it's jumping up in your heart as I speak, then you are the one that I'm talking to. Yeah. I say if it's jumping within you, then you are the one I'm speaking to. You're going to be a financial apostle. You know, an apostle is one who, an apostle with regards to the full-time ministry, is the one who travels to a place and he plows a new ground and he starts up a new church. And so God's going to use some of you as financial apostles. You will go to places where it's destitute, where it's dry, where people are suffering. And you will go there and you will set up camp and you will put money into the ground, in the place. So my God, you build up. The, the devil is a liar. You build up some. You build up some new things financially. You will put clothes on people's backs. You will buy. You will put people into new homes. You will take care of the poor. You will feed the hungry. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm telling you that is going to come upon somebody in this place today. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. So don't camp out. Don't become complacent. The dream of some people, they come from Africa. And, and if I use Africa as a, as a point of reference, please understand me. Maybe the same mentality with people in America or people in Europe that go to other nations. But particularly with some Africans, they just think, I want to go to Europe. I want to make some money and build a house in my village. <laughs> yeah, You become a village champion. <laughs> God has more for you. Not just for you to make some thousands of dollars and go build a house in your village and buy yourself a car. God wants to do more through your life. God wants to touch the entire village. Not just you building a house. And everyone comes around and says, no one has ever built this kind of house in our village. That's not the intention that God has for you. God wants you to build not just a house for yourself. God wants you to build houses for people in your village. God wants you to build houses for people in the city. God wants you to build God wants you to be an international person. Get rid of the village mentality. And wake up. Smell the coffee. God is moving and God wants to do more. Amen. If I'm talking to you say it's talking to me. Talking to me. Yeah, you know see, see you, you know you just confirmed that your dream was just to build a house in the village. <laughs> I kid you not, there are people with this mentality. Men of God, am I telling the truth here? There are people with this mentality. Come, I just want to go to Europe, make money, Go back to my village and build the finest house in my village. So everyone in my village will know when they are passing by that is Mr. John's house. (laughs) Dream big. I said, Dream big. I said, Dream big. Don't settle. The more God does, the more you press in. The more doors he open, the more you press in. Because the same God who opened that small door for you can open a bigger door. The same God who opened that big door for you can open a bigger door. The same God who opened that bigger door come open a bigger, bigger door. I mean, God is not... We don't serve a limited God. We don't serve a weak God. We serve a mighty God. We serve an awesome God. If He is for you, no one can be against you. When He opens the door, no one can shut the door. When He says yes, no one can say no. No devil in hell can stop the move of God. When God begins to move in your life, nothing can stop you. Nothing can hold you back. Nothing can you. To you, And I prophesy that you've come into a season where God will begin to move in your life like never before. The gates of the nations shall open to you. The gates of the cities shall open to you. The gates of the nations of the earth shall open to you. And you shall walk through and you shall see great glory for the glory of God shall be made manifest in your life like you have never known. And you will think you've died and gone to heaven because of the amazing things that God will do in your life. If that is you, then shout a big amen. Hallelujah! As long as you think you're okay, you'll never go forward. The sons of the prophet said, the place is too small. Come on, realize that where you are is too small. Gods about to do big things. Amen. Big things are upon us. Amen. Big things my God, big things. You would you would you would you would look back and you would rejoice. You will forget the sorrow. You will forget the pain. You forget the sleepless nights. It's time for you to begin to put your head on your pillow and my God, you sleep off, you doze off and you have dreams and see angels. Some of you right now, you're dreaming of bills. (laughs) You can't even sleep. (laughs) Can't sleep. You're waking up in the morning with a headache. You wake up tired. You wake up weak. You know why you woke up weak? Because through the night, you were having nightmares. You were not seeing angels. You were seeing bills piling up. (laughs) And you were wondering to yourself, how am I going to pay? I've got no money. And that's been the song you've been singing for the last three, four, five months. But I declare in the name of Jesus, that song is about to stop. You're about to sing a new song. God's about to put a new song in your mouth. God's about to put a testimony on your tongue. Can someone shout, praise the Lord. But you must realize the place where I am is too small. That desire in you must burn like fire. You must understand that God is going to do amazing things in and through your life. And you've got to begin to pray and say, Lord, I desire more. I want to go forward. I want to see this season happen in my life. I want to be a participant of what you have declared over this church. And I will. Praise God. Key number two. The prophet agrees to their request. Notice, they said the place is too small. They requested to go to a new place. Everyone say, a new place. place. But the man that would grant the request was God's representative. So they consulted with a prophet and they said, Men of God, we want to go to Jordan and build a bigger house. Men of God said... Go. You know, the man of God represented God. And what does that tell me? That tells me it is the will of God for you to expand. Amen. Are you listening to that? Amen. You don't go to God and say, God, I want to expand and God say, no, don't expand. Live in your little corner. When you go to God and say, God, I desire expansion. Guess what God's going to say to you? What the prophet said to the sons of the prophets. Yeah. Yes, it is my will. Tell three people, it is God's will for you to expand. Don't let no devil lie to you. It is the will of God. Don't let no religious person lie to you. It is the will of God. Don't let them tell you that poverty is a virtue. Poverty is a blessing. Because poverty is not a virtue. It is not a blessing. It is the will of God. For each of you sitting here today. Under the sound of my voice. It is the will of God. I don't care how old you are. Whether you're 10 or 100. It is the will of God for you to expand. It is the will of God. You've got to tell yourself. It is the will of God. 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 Oh, Pastor Godwell, I don't have the education. No, it is the will of God. Oh, Pastor Godwell, I don't know the right people. God will bring the right people into your life. Oh, Pastor Godwell, I've never done business before. Maybe you've never done business before, but that does not stop God. Do you know that the human limitation does not stop God? God is able to do more than you can do. God is able to bring in your life more more than you can even think. Come on now, say amen. amen. The prophet agrees, revealing to us, it is the will of God. To increase in every area of your life, is God's will. Including financial increase. It's the will of God. Now the problem is not increase. The problem is not expansion. Rather, it is the misuse. There is nothing wrong in having money. There's nothing wrong in having material things. The problem is these things having you. That is the problem. I've been preaching now. Let me teach. Let me mellow and talk to you. Money has never been the problem. But money takes the character of the one who owns it. If your heart is filled with greed, you will misuse money. Whatever is in your heart will affect the money you have. You can pretend all you want, but money will reveal who you truly are. So sometimes you, as a pastor, I just feel like praying. That God does not give some people more money. And I know if I pray that prayer, nobody will say amen. <laughs> but in all honesty, that's a good prayer to pray. Because the more money comes, the more your heart is revealed. You can hide and cover up. And put up a smoke screen all you want. Money will always reveal you. Because the moment it comes, the next steps you take will show us what has been in your heart for the last three years. Even as we speak about God expanding you financially, it's important that we understand the factor. Of vision in financial expansion. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. Money does not guarantee success. Vision does. So the more money a guy with no vision has, the dumb he does. Did you hear what I just said? The more money a guy with no purpose possesses, the worse he gets. So, money and vision are brothers. Say they are brothers. Money and vision are brothers. Money, vision, pro vision, pro the prefix, pro for vision, money for vision, no vision. Don't bother about money. But when there is a vision, then money will come along with that vision. Then you can say, Lord, for the vision provide. So can I say to you that one of the first things that you need to begin to pray and ask the Lord in this season is to give you a vision. Don't just start praying for money. Because plenty of it will mess you up. Vision is a container. Tell someone vision is a container. Some of you are sleeping. I can see you didn't wake up yet. Keep sleeping. Vision is a container. When you have a vision, your vision will contain the money. Did you hear me? Someone should have written that down. Vision is a container. Look, I have I, I've prayed for everyone in this church. I was praying, I said, Lord, raise them up in financial abundance. Amen. But raise up people with the right heart. There was a clause. I added a clause. Raise up people with the right heart. Amen. Raise up people that will own the money and master the money. Amen. Not people that will be mastered by the money. That's a, great, that's a good way to pray. That's a good way to pray. I would rather have you in church, broke. Than have you with a lot of money running all over the place. Not serving God. That is if I have to choose. I'd rather have you in the prayer meeting. Asking God Lord. Bless me. Broke. Than having you. With lots of money. And doing dumb things. And bringing the reproach. To the name of Christ. What do you think? Do you think that should be the case of course you're not going to say yes (laughs) but anyone who is spiritual understands what I'm talking about but I'm not saying you should be broke I pray you're not broke but I pray that along with this increase that's coming you have a purpose along with this increase that's coming you have a vision along with this increase that's coming your heart is right along with this increase that's coming your heart is pure That you understand that money is your servant. You don't serve money. Money serves you. Money don't tell you what to do. You tell money what to do. You're not going to be stingy. You're not going to say, I can't do that. I can't give that. It's too much. Because nothing is too much. Nothing is too much. Praise God. A young man came to Jesus one time. And the young man said to Jesus... What must I do to have eternal life? The Bible referred to this young man as a rich, young ruler. The man was young and rich. There's nothing wrong in being rich. And there's nothing wrong in being young and rich. In actual fact, it's good to get rich young. You don't want to get a 17 and you you don't. There are things you can't do anymore. You know, you can't drive a Lamborghini. You can't boo, you know, the speed at 20. No, really, at 70, 75, you don't want to go that fast. You know what I mean? It's good to be 20 and rich. 25, rich. Come on, say amen. amen. A young man, 25, rich. You don't need to talk too much to the girls. I'm preaching good now. You're getting excited on that one. You know what I'm talking about. 25, loaded. 25, wealthy. You don't need to beg and try to convince. Come on now. Come, come, girl. I like you. No. Before you talk, she likes you already. Oh yeah, that's, that's a fact. Don't look at me that way like... You, some of you are pretending. You know what I'm talking about. This is a fact. This is a fact. Some of you young girls, you know you want to marry a rich guy. Don't look at me that way like... Eh, let us... It's okay, pastor. Even if he doesn't have anything, we struggle together. <laughs> ah, give me a break. You don't want to struggle. That's That's nonsense. We'll struggle. We will make it together. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Let's we'll struggle together. Let's we'll struggle together. What are you struggling for? Why? 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 Why run like? Why run like the aeroplane that runs the runway when you can actually take off like the jet fighter, without using the runway? Up, you're there. You don't need 20 years to be rich. You don't need 10 years to be rich. You don't need 5 years to be rich. You want that good life. Ah. Preaching to some people now. (laughs) So this man, the Bible does not tell us how old he was, but the Bible does not throw words in for nothing. It says the man was young, and rich. Hey, I like that. Tell someone I'm young and rich. If you're not young, don't say I'm young. Uh, if you are, you can. But you know, some people are young at heart. They may not be young physically, but their hearts are young. You know what I'm saying? Some of us are not 20, 25, 30 anymore, but we are still young. Come on now, say Amen. But I'm telling you, my friends, it's okay to be young and rich. And I'm telling you, God's going to begin to raise up our kids in this place. Our kids kids are going to be rich at 15. They're going to be rich at 20. I'm telling you right now, believe it. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. Young and rich. Young and rich. Young and rich. You don't want your kids going through what you went through. Young and rich. Wealthy. Blessed. Come on, say amen. Amen. You know what the Bible says? Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not. Yeah, you know, we've preached that a lot of times. And that's what most preachers preach. Well, it means if you raise them up in the things of God. Take them to church every Sunday. They will not run away from God. When they are old, they will not depart from it. But how many of you know that pastor's kids depart? depart. (laughs) We call them PKs. Pastor's kids. I praise God for my own kids. But crazy. What happens with pastor's kids? Sometimes they mess up. The most. So, notice, now, here's what I'm trying to say to you. Read the next verse. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when the child is old, he won't depart from it. One thing I've understood with understanding the Bible, when it comes to putting things in context, is the previous verse, or the next verse, explains the verse you just read. Do you get that? So we don't pull a verse out of context and make a doctrine out of it. You go to the previous verse or the following verses. You'll understand what it's really talking about when it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. Listen to what the next verse says. The next verse says, The borrower is a slave to the lender. That's what you should train them to. So don't be broke. (laughs) Two of you. Don't be broke. You will not be broke. (laughs) Wonderful. I like that. Don't be broke. Because the borrower is a slave to the lender. No debt. You will never borrow. You you will be the lender. Not the borrower. Come on, say that over your kids. My kids are going to be the lender, not the borrower. Because the borrower is a slave to the lender. Begin to instill that into the consciousness and into the spirit and into the minds of your kids. You will not be broke. Be rich. Just go to to school to learn how to count money. So, but the, the rich young ruler, what should I do? He said to Jesus. Jesus said, you know the Ten Commandments? He said, yes. He said, go and do them. The man said, I've done them since I was a young, actually younger. The Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus said to him, one thing you lack. Everyone say one thing. one thing. Jesus is about to touch the main thing. I mean, if you know that when you go to God, he will touch the main thing. Yes. All the smoke screen and all the facade and all the pretense that people put up. People come dress up, look cute. They come put on their suit. They look like they are the best thing since sliced bread but my god when you when you come in contact with the lord he shows you one thing i want to say one thing. one thing the moment you think you are the smartest guy he shows you one thing the moment you think you are the most righteous he shows you one thing the moment you think you have arrived he shows you one thing jesus is about showing people one thing Amen. one thing you like You're greedy. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. One thing you like. Go. Sell. All. Hey. oh, Jesus, what's up? <laughs> sell all. Not 20%. Not night say all you've got, give all you've got to the poor, and come and follow me. Ah, oh. yes, this young man was rich, but I say this way he did not have money, money had him riches. Had him. Because if Jesus is not number one in your life. Something else is. And can I tell you. Jesus would not play second fiddle to anything. Jesus would not be secondary. If he is not number one. He is nothing. The Bible tells us that the man walked away. Sorrowful because, I want to say because, he was wealthy. Thank you. He was greedy. That was the man's problem. Let me repeat there's nothing wrong in being rich. But when your wealth takes the place of God, That's the problem. You know the story. The man walks away, and what did Jesus say? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Is that not what he said? The disciples panicked when he said that. One day I was reading it and it dawned on me what made the disciples panic? They said to themselves, then who can be saved? And it dawned on me, the disciples were also not broke. It dawned on why I mean the disciples should be saying, Hooray, hooray. We are poor, so it's easier for us to enter. (laughs) But that's not what they said. They said, who then can be saved? And they, they panicked. Jesus said, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It means that the disciples were not broke people. I want to announce to you, they were not broke people. Just like the way religion presents it, they were not broke people. Because if they were broke, they should be excited that Jesus said, the poor can hint up what the rich cannot. But let me also explain to you, when he says it is easier for the rich, uh, for the camel, to go through the eye of the needle, Jesus was not saying It is hard for rich people to enter heaven. In actual fact, Jesus was explaining two easy things. Notice he said it is easier for the camel. Meaning that it is also easy for the rich. Confused? (laughs) This is not hard versus easy. These are two easy things. But one is easier. It's English language, guys. <laughs> Why are looking at me like? <laughs> Comparison of two easy things, but one is easier. Which one is easier? The camera going through the eye of the needle. Now the eye of the needle is not the needle that our wives use at home to sew clothes. You know the needle? You have to, no, that's not the needle that Jesus is talking about. In actual fact, there are small gates in Israel, in the city, that's known as the eye of the needle. There are big gates that are opened in the day for security reason, when it gets late, they shut the big gates because they do not know who is coming into town. So they use the smaller gates known as the eye of the needle. When camels are coming through the eye of the needle, they have to get off of the camels all the stuff on it. And the camel will literally crawl in. So Jesus is saying to get into heaven, you need humility. Uh. Jesus is saying to get into... Yeah, that's what it means. No matter what you possess... Humble yourself. The cargo must be offloaded before you come in. That is why, when Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, one of the grounds that he talked about is the ground that has thorns. And was a thorn. He said, when the seed, which is the word, fell on thorny ground, it grew up, but the thorns choked it. And when the disciples in private asked Jesus, what does this mean? Jesus said, the thorns are representation of the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world. That is the reason why when we talk about this, we present Jesus as number one. Jesus must be the ultimate. Jesus must be first. Money is good, but money must never take the place of God. The Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of it. You cannot serve two masters. There's nothing wrong in having money, but let Jesus be your savior. Let Jesus be your master. Let Jesus be the Lord. Let Jesus be the king of kings in your life. And when Jesus is the king of kings in your life, money will become your servant. Amen. Come on, somebody shout, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. So the rich young ruler lost his place because he was more aware. got a lot to say on this one like Jesus told the man to empty his account that's basically what he told him to do my question to you you want to be in the season of expansion and experience financial expansion what will you do if Jesus tells you to empty your account it's easy to laugh at that man it's easy to shout and spit and scream here but what about you or do you not know that the day will come when it will be stirred in your own heart. And God will test you to see if he is number one. Oh, come on. If you, if you sit here and you think to yourself that this is exclusive to that young man, you must be smoking something bad. This is not exclusive to that man. Everyone here will be Tested. To see where your heart is. You will be tested. Tell your neighbor you will be tested. tested. The day might come. And it might just happen in this season. When the Lord will tell you. He will speak to you at home. He will speak to you while you are listening to me preach. He will speak to you during worship. He will tell you to empty out your account. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't do it because I said it. But turn off your phones, guys. Come on. But the Lord will speak to you. The Lord might speak to you. Let me put it that way. And if he does, now you will stand at the crossroad of life. And that will determine how far the Lord can take you. Those that cannot release material things cannot have the anointing increase upon their lives. God, give me more anointing, more anointing. But when God tells you to do something natural, you find it difficult to do. People fight. The new thing now is tithe. Tithe. Tithe is not scriptural. Tithe is old covenant. Tithe is this. Tithe is that One businessman years ago, he told me, Pastor Godwin, I don't tithe because I don't know what the church does with the money. <laughs> what courage. No, I submit to you why you don't tithe. You don't tithe because you're greedy. I do the account, I see it, you businessmen, you don't tithe. I'm sorry I'm going to say the way I said it. I'm going to be bold. But you want exp- expansion. You, can, you know, if you can't even give 10%, how can you give 70 when God tells you to? 10 is odd. 10, 10%. Now, the whole thing about don't tithe, tithe is unscriptural, tithe is this. My question to you is, now that you have this new revelation, has it increased your giving or decreased it? I know somebody personally who stopped tithing because of this new thing. But the question is, did it increase your giving to 20%? Or did it drop it to 2%? Are you seeing the trouble there? Let's not get into the dogma. Let's not get into the theology of that. But the question is, does it increase your giving or does it decrease your giving? It's getting quiet now. I see now people are getting, the devil is manifesting now. The devil of poverty manifests the most when he sees his deliverer. I said the devil of poverty manifests the most when he sees the one that has come to deliver his, God's people. Everybody's getting quiet on me now. Because I said business people don't tithe. I do it. I do it. I see it. Business people here. Most of you, if not most, don't tithe. You drop your change. But there is a season of expansion. Look. Your, ex, your financial expansion. Depends on your capacity. To expand your giving. Because you thought to yourself. The money is too much. That's the reason why. That's the reason why. I, I appreciate it. When God lifts, raises a man from nothing. And as God is raising him up, he's committed. He's faithful, committed. The man's heart becomes so pure that money is never an issue. Money is never an issue. The woman came in and you know what she did? She broke the alabaster box of precious perfume. And the Bible said the fragrance filled the, the old room. And guess what? Judas is carryot, one of Jesus' disciples, the guy who was supposed to say, praise God. You know what he said? This is a waste. Because money reveals your heart. Giving reveals your heart. This woman just wasted this precious perfume. You know how much the perfume was worth? It was worth one year's salary. For an average worker, one year salary. What's the, um, what do we call it here? Um, minimum wage. Askari Ujuri Yeah, whatever you call it. That's Ujuri. That's minimum wage. That's the word in Turkish. That's your mi- the minimum wage. So the minimum wage in Turkey now is two thousand one hundred. Is that two for? 2,300 now, 2,354. So that's the minimum wage in Turkey for an average basic worker. So you you times that by 12. That's the woman's offering. Are you getting the perspective now? That is the woman's offering. Jesus said to them, "Close your mouth." Shut up. Leave her alone. The poor you have with you all the time. And any time you want you can bless them. But me you don't have always. But what she has done. Has gone down memory lane. Every time this gospel is preached. What this woman has done will be said. In memory of her. Your giving will build a memorial. There are times in your life when you can't speak for yourself, but your giving will speak for you. I can't tithe because it's too much. What is too much? Because when you have $10, $1 is easy. That's why most of the tithers here are workers. The guys working in Osbambe, guys working chabuk-chabuk. <laughs> Mineral job. Because they get 550 as a tithe. Is it okay if I speak freely here? <laughs> they get 1,000, is as a tithe. But you begin to make money in business, you get 20,000 a week is 2000 <laughs> I challenge you businessmen here. God will raise you up as millionaires and multi-millionaires. Yeah. But I want you to be faithful in the tithe. Yeah. And if this message is going to get you upset, like I told you when I started, I'm going to be very bold. You're going to say amen or oh me. <laughs> but somebody, something is going to get irritated here today. Somebody's going to say, God, help me. I've come too far with the subject of tithing. And I understand there is nothing like bad giving. Don't get me into theology. I give 10% of everything that comes. Don't get me into theology on that. And that's my beginning point. And God is good. God has been good. But I know that God wants to do a lot in your lives. So if this whole new revelation causes you to back off, you know, people should say, well, no tithe. 10% is unscriptural. I'm going to start giving 30%. Now, okay, now we can can begin to talk. It's, it's a, you see how easy it is for people to take the easy way out. My god, it just went quiet. It went absolutely quiet on me here. Pastor, I don't tithe because I don't know what the church will do with them. why don't you start your own church (laughs) and run the finance yourself oh I have plenty of time it's okay let's just take some time not really, because sometimes we teach and preach and we, we run through stuff and people don't get to think about what we say. I want the Holy Ghost to breathe on this stuff, man. Let him breathe on this. Let him breathe on this. This church tithes. If you know what I mean by that, we tithe. From everything that people give, we remove the tenth. Do you understand what that means? When we do the account, of finance, we take out the tenth before we do anything with the rest. Rent, staff salary, utility bills. We don't do anything until we've removed the tithe. So if $20,000 comes into the offering, before we do anything with the $18,000, we remove the $2,000. And we have a home, uh, we have a church, our mother church, you can call it that way. Uh, uh, we are affiliated to the River Church in Tampa Bay, Florida. We tithe to them. Come on now, say amen. amen. And the, uh, the heaven is open about this ministry. The heaven is open over this ministry. I say, the heaven is open over this ministry. Amen. God rebukes the devourer for our sake. And I pray, as you become a committed tither, God will rebuke the devourer for your own sake. Amen. Sometimes in business, you wonder, why am I losing money? Why is this pep client not paying me? Why are they stealing from me? Why am I losing my goods? Why is this? Why, why, why? Yeah, why, why, why? Because... We're not gonna stand up here and boast. But even if we do, we boast in the Lord. I'm a tither. Can't talk me out of it. Can't teach me out of it. I've come too far. How many percent do you tithe again? My wife tithes forty percent. Forty, everything, forty percent. You think we're not going to have faith for money? We're not going to have faith for provision? We will have faith for provision. God will bring it. He may bring it through you, but he may bring it through someone else. And he may just give us ideas on what to do to make a lot of money to. But our eyes are not on man. We give to him, we look up to him. When you become a radical giver, you will not look to people. My eyes are on the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He won't allow my foot to be moved. He that keeps me does not slumber. Behold, he that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun of poverty will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve our going out and coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Praise God. You'll be shocked. Money will be coming from all over the place. Surprises. Surprises from all over the place. If you love me, say praise God. God. If you like to hear the truth, say amen. Amen. Mm. Key number three they asked the prophet to go with them. They asked the prophet to do what? Man of God, the place is too small. Let's go to the Jordan. Go, but come with us. you sing that. You know why they needed the prophet? Because they needed the presence of the anointing. The anointing is important. Notice, and I'm going to be brief for this. When the axe head fell into the water, The young man cried out, Alas, man of God, this axe was borrowed. It was by a supernatural means the axe head was recovered. Can I tell you, because the anointing was there, they could recover. When the anointing is with you in this season no matter what the devil tries oh my god no matter everything that you have lost will be recovered god said to david pursue you will overtake and you shall recover all So I prophesy over somebody, everything that has been stolen in your business, on your job, in your family, a seizing of recovery is upon you. You will run, you will overtake the enemy, and you will recover all that has been taken away from you. Put your hands together and give the Lord a big hand of praise the Lord. I'll finish with this. Everyone listen. They trusted God. They had faith. These men trusted God. They had faith. That's number four. I'm going to finish with this. Listen. They got to this place they began to build. But they took a step of faith. That was a step of faith. My friends. God's going to show you things to do. You will take a step of faith. And my God, there are times. Listen to me. This may happen to some of you. There is going to be times that you will not have all the money to do what you're supposed to do. But God will still tell you to go ahead and do it. And you will say, God, but how? There are times you're going to buy a house. It's probably worth $5 million. But all you've got in your hand is $200,000. But God will still say, go ahead and take the step of faith. Because God said, if you dig a ditch, I will fill it. You won't see wind. You won't see rain. But when you come back tomorrow, the ditch will be filled with water. How will that happen? It will happen supernaturally. It is time for you to see the supernatural power of God when it comes to provision. And God is about to provide and to cause you to take vineyards you did not plan. Houses you did not build. My God, some are going to move into new homes that they will not pay anything for But by the favor of Almighty God, for a day of God's favor will do more in your life than 100 years of hard labor. And you will come into that thing that God has in store for you. Others are going to close businesses, but you will take over their business and you will become a conglomerate. You will expand to the east, the west, the south and the north. Everything you touch will prosper because of the favor, the supernatural favor of Almighty God. Who am I preaching to this morning? morning. The favor of God upon your life. The favor of God upon your hands. The favor of God on your forehead. You will step into new grounds. You will take over new territories. I declare it. I prophesy it. You will build new homes. You will buy new vehicles. It is going to happen. You will take over new territories. In Jesus' name. Dig a ditch. And I will fill it. No wind, no rain, but it will be filled. I am a big believer in hard work. I'm a big big believer in walking smart. But I'm also a big believer in the supernatural. They're trying to get the church to the place of the natural. Where the church does not believe God anymore for the supernatural. But I decline. I'm a big believer for the supernatural power. What man can do, God can do. If you can believe, you will see the glory of God. Amen. Praise God! Amen. Tell three people money cometh. money cometh. Tell three people I'm taking new. I'm taking. I'm taking new territories. It's my season to. It's my season to move into my own house. Ah, uh, it's my season. It's my season to drive my own vehicle. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, but it is my season. And my God, don't even tell me, Pastor Gaudel, I'm a university student. It is not for people like me. I have a monthly stipend of 1,000 lira. No, God's able to do more than your stipend. God's able to bring you 5,000 monthly. God's able to bring you 20,000 monthly. As a student, as a uni student, God's able to do that. Don't tell me, I'm a student that God will, I need to finish school before we start talking about this. Yeah. No, no. No, no. You don't have to finish university. In actual fact, while you are in university, God's going to start giving you ideas of what you shall do. Yeah. The back, you're not even... <laughs> Respond, say Amen. Microsoft started in a garage. You just saw a dream. (laughs) you've been, you, okay, let me. Microsoft started in a garage. What are you going to start? Huh? I don't have a university degree. What has that got to do with anything? Huh? Some people have two two PhDs, but they're not doing nothing with it. They can't even feed. They can't even put food on the table. I'm exactly. um, for degrees if you want them, get as much as you can. And look like a thermometer. <laughs> it's okay to have degrees, first degrees, first degree, master degree, PhD professor. It's okay. Have them. Degrees don't feed you. It's wisdom that feeds you. It's a gift. The gift you have. For the gift of a man will make room for him. And bring him before great men. Don't even get me started on people pursuing the wrong degree. And the real degree is waiting for them. I say, I went to <laughs> the best university. You know those people? They are 60. They like talking about how they went to this and went to that. But you look at them, it doesn't show. <laughs> Some get degrees and they work for those who don't have any degree. Very true. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not. I believe in education, but I believe most importantly in discovering your gift. I'm going to be speaking about that sometime this season. Going to help you. Praise God.